Are you tired of losing sales? Do you wish you had proven strategies that would help you increase your sales today, not in three months? You could Google it, but Google is in the information business. And I am in the transformation business. Welcome, Welcome. to the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast, where we will share three actionable sales strategies that you can implement in your business today to increase your sales tomorrow. This includes tactics, tips, and techniques from industry experts, influencers, and sales pros to help you shorten your learning curve and increase your bottom line. The more sales strategies we simplify for you, the shorter your sales cycle and the more money in the bank. Now your host, 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 multi-award-winning sales expert and international speaker, Wesleyan Greer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Today, our guest is Sean Moshasha. How are you, Sean? I'm doing great, Wesleyan. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks so much for joining us. So let me tell you guys a little bit more about Sean. He identifies opportunities and connects dots. Although he's playing in the biotechnology space, his activities have spanned fields as diverse as agriculture, consumer products, education, medical devices, and diagnostics in both for-profit and non-profit. He has achieved various success from his endeavor. Three of the companies he has co-founded are currently worth over $25 million combined. However, these successes have come at the cost of many failures, hardships, and hard-won lessons. Sean's successes give him validation and his failures give him determination. Those are the elements that drive any salesperson or entrepreneur to accomplish great feats. Sean restlessly strives for greatness by simply connecting the dots. So you are definitely somebody who has spanned many different industries. So let's talk about how did you get into what you're doing today? That's a great question, Leslie, and it's a, definitely a long and winding road, but uh, it's a fun one. So I am currently the customer experience lead, the head of customer experience at a company called Luminostics. Luminostics is a company that manufactures and sells COVID diagnostics. So this is a startup that uh, you know, the founders started this six years ago. It was a PhD project that they spun out, and it was only last year, once the COVID hit, they kind of pivoted very rapidly. Uh, they worked with the NIH and received lots and lots of funding. And mm. as of January 8th, I believe, they sold their first product to their first customer. And I had the honor of delivering that product my first week at working. So it's been a wild ride for the company. And I came in at a very pivotal moment where now they have customers and now they need somebody to kind of take the lead on that. What does that even look like? So you, so the company that you were, you're working for, did they just sell their first commercial product after six years or their first COVID product after six commercial. years? Commercial. Commercial. Mm-hmm. Mm, see, that's really good because so many people think that, you know, I'll hang my shingle and I'll start selling something tomorrow, right? But it took six years and then a worldwide pandemic for them to receive the funding that they needed to actually produce. That's right. That's right. You know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, the overnight success took 10 years in the making. Mm, right? No one good. sees the back work that goes into it. Yes. All of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, right? Because building a company and really getting customers, it takes so much to actually get there. So you mentioned you're the head of customer experience. What does that even mean? You know, I kind of had to learn that on the fly and I'm still learning it on the fly. You know, when my boss brought me in, the role was, you know, 
make sure phone support, technical service, all those core elements that you want to call into a company if you have any issues with the product, make sure those are all buttoned up. Okay, first and foremost, got it, that's the core element. The second is like, all right, now make sure you know the customer, we have a good relationship with the customer. Now that's a little bit more nebulous, right? And I have to kind of identify and define what that means, especially in a startup company where we just released our first product, of course there's gonna be bugs. So it's kind of my job to make sure that we develop a good relationship with the customers so that when there are bugs, the customers aren't just gonna dismiss us and write us off, but they're gonna work with us and say, all right, we understand where you are. I'm glad that you're working with us. Let's continue to work together. And now it's actually expanded a little bit further where I've realized that the customer experience is the entire journey from the moment of first awareness of the product itself, through the sale of the product, and then finally through the conversion of that customer from a customer to a loyal advocate. So that was actually gonna be my next question. How do you interface or interact with the sales team? Like at what point in the sales process are you getting involved? You know, at first what my boss had told me when he hired me on was you interact with the sales team. Once we have the sale, the customer's passed off to you and now you're in charge of that. But what I realized and kind of what I pushed back on is saying, no, 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 <laughs> I'm involved at the very, very beginning. I shaped the entire sales process, you know, because after hearing some of these sales stories, uh, I recognized that some of the customers weren't getting good experience. And that's part of the reason that they were turned away. And I realized that's a huge missed opportunity. And furthermore, that that reaction, the reaction towards our company, the, uh, the perception that that person has towards our company will then permeate and carry on to his other interactions. And so I don't want that kind of clout following the company. I'd rather fix it from the beginning and have good relationships every single step of the way. So right now I actually sit in the same office as the head of sales and mm. we collaborate almost every day. So, um, you know, salespeople are salespeople. And so my question is when you first had to bridge that gap in terms of saying, okay, I'm the head of customer experience. You're the salesperson. Let's work together. <laughs> how, how was that perceived and what, how did you overcome any challenges you may have experienced? Yeah, no, it's interesting. And I think, uh, you know, what you're getting at is the territorialism. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. That's what have. we can call it. <laughs> yep. Salespeople and sales departments are very territorial. They're like, this is my customer. And if you come in and say anything and make me lose the sale, I'm going to be mad at you forever. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. You know, I think I perceived that and I felt that a little bit at the beginning. And that's because we were kind of all new. We were all getting to know each other. You know, we were all kind of staking out our own territory or our own little fiefdoms, if you will. <laughs> and, you know, I felt a little bit of that, but it wasn't too much. I was able to really kind of, as I understood my role more and more, I was kind of saying, hey, I'm here to support you. I'm not here to take your territory. I'm here to make sure that your job is as smooth as possible. And especially because it's a smaller startup company and there's a lot of sales that need to be done, we're kind of at the point where like, it's all hands on deck. You know, mm -hmm. we all need to help each other out. So I've been able to position myself as I'm a partner of yours. I'm a pseudo sitting on the sales team with you guys. I'm helping you guys get sales. Uh, but really, I mean, and at the same time, part of my job has now transitioned into I'm trying to build out the actual full marketing arm of this as well, because marketing mm. and customer experience go hand in hand mm -hmm. and marketing in sales is the direct funnel. Right. And mm -hmm. so you see that it's all interconnected very, very closely. And so as I kind of explore this and explain this more, the resistance is just dropping and we're finding the best ways for us to work together.
Hmm. So you're like the glue that's connecting sales and marketing <laughs> with the customers. I love it. And, you know, again, it's like customer experience. That's what it's all about. So many people are so product focused and this is my product and this is how my product can help you. And we can do this with my product or that or all yeah. these things. But at the end of the day, people are always like I say that they don't actually care about you. Right. People care about themselves. And how your product can help them become better or do mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. better. So when you think about some of the, it sounds like you had some growing pains in your current position and kind of working within the sales organization. So I'm curious, you didn't have any customers, but you had to build out this whole customer experience program platform. What was that like for you? Let's start with there. What was that like? Sure. Uh, so we did have one customer. Okay. A single customer. Uh, it was a large customer. And so that was kind of beneficial in the beginning because, you know, it was like, Sean, focus on our one customer. Make sure that they have a good experience. And through doing that, uh, which was me just having phone calls, going to visit them on site, you know, kind of chatting with them kind of offline, you know, and not in official capacity, but more of a developing a personal relationship with them. Right. As I was able to do that more and more, I started to kind of recognize and extract the elements. Okay, this is what good customer experience looks like. I understand. Okay. And so I've been able to kind of pull those out and I've been developing this whole, uh, this document protocol of what does customer experience look like at Luminosis. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it was actually very beneficial to be able to work with a single customer because, you know, we're kind of uh, <laughs> fumbling along together, right? And building that out together and, you know, the grace that you get from people that you develop a good relationship with is, you know, it's tremendous. And so I understand at the end of the day, right, it's all people to people. Mm. Right? When you call into a service department and you get that litany of computerized phone calls and you have to press all those buttons, you know, we all know how that feels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to do that. It, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a person with a per another person and you know a lot of people think of it as like oh i'm trying to sell something it's like no i hate thinking of it that way because that sounds a bit slimy right mm -hmm. it's person a has a need person b can fulfill that need so that's why mm -hmm. you just connect those dots mm -hmm. right and it's like oh that's what it is and you were mentioning a little bit about like the product you know the product to product to product and you're absolutely mm -hmm. right i mean especially you know here in well in a lot of different places but in the covid space as well you know we have five to six different competitors. What's going to differentiate us? Mm. The customer service. Right? Mm. What differentiates the iPhone from a Samsung? It's the experience, right? Yeah. It's that whole feel. It's that whole yeah. identity that you get mm -hmm. with that. So as I'm realizing this more and more, I'm like, okay, cool. Now, how do I build that identity into the product, into every single interaction that we have with every single person, both outside of the company, but also, and importantly, within the company? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, the thing is a lot of people use Apple as an example when they talk about customer service or down here in the Southern U.S., we have Chick-fil-A. And so we always talk about the Chick-fil-A experience, right? It's like mm. consistency. No matter where, if you go to Chick-fil-A in Seattle, Washington or Miami, Florida, you're going to have smile. You're going to have a smile, right? You're going to have the food's going to taste exactly the same. And so I think it is so important as companies are growing to really think about how do I ensure that my customer has the same experience from putting their information on the website to working with us for 10 years. 
And so a lot of companies, even large companies, don't have a customer experience or a true customer service department, right? Customer service is like the complaints department, right? And nobody wants that. So what type of tips would you give a a sales manager or sales leader who may not have the capacity or the funding to have a separate customer experience department? What could they do within their department to ensure that their salespeople or their inside salespeople or even their customer service people are providing that true customer experience? It's a great question. Uh, You know, and this is something I'm trying to discuss and explore with my boss right now. And the difficulty is it's a little bit amorphous, right? It doesn't have a very tangible thing. The bottom line is it's kind of what you said. In Chick-fil-A, everyone greets you with a smile. Yeah. Right? It's like, that's crazy. Chick-fil-A is a great example. I'm glad you brought that up. I am so pleased with (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Everybody loves, like, who doesn't like Chick-fil-A? If you don't like (laughs) Chick-fil-A, something's wrong with you, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) probably have to agree with that. I probably have to agree with that. But, you know, it starts with, you know, like you said, customer experience is is, is, uh, currently kind of perceived as the complaints department. Mm -hmm. Who wants to deal with complaints, right? Yeah. The idea is to avoid getting the complaint in the first place. <laughs> mm, right? Yep, that's so it. As long as people have that in their mindset. And I actually learned something when I was in 10th grade taking this entrepreneurship class. Uh, I remember this, uh, this guest speaker came in. He was talking about his journey in the hotel industry, how he started from a busboy and ended up to like VP of wherever it was. He said, remember the platinum rule. Hmm. The platinum rule is give people what they want before they even know they want it, mm. right? So if you always have that in like forefront of your mind, mm-hmm. then you're going to avoid the complaints. And furthermore, mm. any true issues that do come up, they're going to be a lot more forgiving, mm-hmm. right? So that's going to facilitate the sales process because, you know, wh- what is the sales process? You know, a lot of times at the end of the day, you're arguing over your nickel and diming at each other, right? Mm-hmm. Who wants to deal with that? You know, mm-hmm. if you want a long-term relationship, that nickel and dime that you're going to spend is going to, you know, end up detracting from the long-term relationship that you have with the customer. And mm-hmm. I actually developed a formula that says, all right, what's your burn rate for the company? All right. What is the sale actually worth to your company? Okay. Mm. Therefore, what is that delta that you're trying to get from the nickel and dime? You're trying to get a dollar extra per test, for example. Right. If you spend more than two weeks trying to nickel and dime for that dollar, you're actually losing money because you're not fulfilling that. You're not selling what you need to from your manufacturing arm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're actually losing money if you spend more than two weeks trying to nickel and dime. Right. So it's not just about getting the bottom line as high as possible, but right. recognizing that when you build in customer experience to that, it might be perceived that the bottom line is a little bit lower, but in reality, you're able to sell faster. Mm-hmm. And we're in a time game at this point, right? Yeah. We just need to keep going, manufacture sell, manufacture sell, because the world's constantly moving. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, if you identify the true problem, and so a lot of people talk about pain, but I like to talk about a problem because the pain is annoying, right? Like, oh, my head hurts. That's annoying, right? right. But a problem of my head hurting is if I have migraines every single week and I'm a salesperson and I can't get out there and sell. That's a problem, right? So if you knock on my door and you say, I have the solution that's going to make your migraines go away and I'll sell it to you for $150 a week. Maybe it sounds crazy if it's just like a pill, but if that $150 a week is going to turn into a million dollars in revenue a year for me as a salesperson who can't do my job, then it's worth it. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that when we think about the customer's journey and that customer experience, it's important to first, is there a problem that we can solve? right? And if we're nickel and diming, if we're going back and forth over small terms, like, as you said, you're losing more than you're gaining. So at mm -hmm. some point we have to give, just give exactly. in. Exactly. And you know, I actually, like I said, I developed a formula for this. And the reason I did that was so I could communicate that message to my sales team and to my CEO and to mm -hmm. say, you're trying to nickel and dime, but you're missing out on the broader opportunity when you do this. Mm, that's good. So tell us about a success story within your current position or a previous position, a happy customer, a good employee. Tell us one of your biggest successes. Yeah. Well, let's see. My current position is interesting. Uh, you know, like I had mentioned, we have our first customer and whenever we're releasing product, our first product to our first customer, you know, there's, it's everyone's nerve wracked, right? It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. let's pray. Let's pray that this is going to go well. Yeah. Right? And inevitably things happen. You know, we shipped out, let's say, uh, a couple of devices that weren't quite configured properly. I mean, there was nothing wrong with them. Yeah. Uh, they just had the latest, uh, the last version of the application that we wanted and we needed to update them. Mm -hmm. But it's not a good experience when <clears throat> I had to call the guy saying, hey, by the way, the shipment you just received, I had to come down and update a couple of them because, you know, we didn't ship out the ones that we needed to. That's never a good conversation you want to have. But the fact that I had gone down there about two weeks prior, I developed a relationship with the warehouse manager. We went out and had lunch together. Um, you know, I was just able to kind of slip in and say, hey, I need to figure this out. Uh, he's like, not a problem. You come in and do whatever you need to. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was so different, you know, than what you would normally have. Normally, if you go into an organization, you know, like, oh, God, the sales guy. Oh, God, the representative from this company is coming. You know, it's kind of like a weird wall that you develop. But yeah. I'm a people person and I like going in and meeting people. So I go there, I say, Hey Juan, how are you doing? Good to see you again. You know, how's the kids? Yeah. How's the wife? Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, have a good conversation with him. It might take me half an hour or longer because I'm sitting down and chatting with him, but mm -hmm. that, that speaks volumes. And because mm -hmm. I was able to do that, <laughs> I sat down, I was, I was going through their systems and I was like, all right, let's find these devices and let's kind of update them. I was like, Oh wait, some of these devices aren't here. Oh wait, let me get your let me talk to the you know the inventory person at the warehouse for the client and get their log of all the devices. Oh man, eighteen of the devices that we sent them aren't in their inventory log. They huh. didn't, have, didn't have track of them, huh. and that was not a good that was not good because those are mm -hmm. expensive devices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I spent the next couple of hours and I did a full audit of their system and I was able to identify which of the devices was missing, where they were because they had sent them out now to all their different sites. Mm. Right? So I was able to identify where they were, track them down, and I was able to actually take those and then give it back to the warehouse manager and say, hey, by the way, your log wasn't proper, right? You had all these devices missing. You didn't know where they were. I've updated this for you. You now have this information, right? So not only because I developed a good relationship with these guys, I was able to kind of go in without a question and kind of do what I needed to do. I was able to then spend more time than they expected to then dig in deeper and find a lot of issues that would have cost our company money and cost their company money. And that's kind of where I'm going with the platinum rule. Yeah. Right? That was never expected for me on, on any of the sides. But once I mm -hmm. saw that, I was like, no, that doesn't need to be addressed. And so I mm -hmm. went and I did the work that I needed to do to be able to address that, gave them help fix their logs. And, you know, that just boosts our relationship. Yeah. And, you know, I think that everything that you said, sometimes um, as salespeople, as business owners, 
customer service, we discount the value of a relationship, right? And sales is not only about relationship building. Some people take it all the way to the left and they just want to go have coffee and drinks <laughs> and, and fishing all the time. Yeah. And you know, you never get any sale, but <laughs> there's a good balance. And when you establish a relationship before there's a problem, like you said, you just walked in and you said, oh yeah, I need to do this, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. You have full access to it because you already established a relationship. Exactly. Once there is an issue, it is so much harder to double back to say, oh, okay, let me take it a couple of steps back. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. awesome. I have enjoyed our conversation so much, Sean. Learned a lot about customer experience, the value of it within a sales organization, and ultimately how having a customer experience department or training your salespeople how to be good customer experience salespeople can actually increase your sales. If anybody wants to get in contact with you, what is the best way? Sure. Uh, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. I have a very unique name, Sean Moshasha. <laughs> S-H-A-U-N-M-O-S-H-A-S-H-A. -S -H -A -S -H -A. Uh, if you Google me, I will pop up. Uh, LinkedIn is a great way. That's probably the best way to do so. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much again for joining me for a nice little chat and learning about customer experience and how it can increase your sales. Leslie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me onto the show. I've, uh, I really enjoyed this. And that is another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, share, and review on the platform that you're listening to. And remember, in everything you do, transform your sales. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.